This is Sports and Torts with David Spada and Elliot Harris on TalkZone.com. Let's get right to our next guest, Elliot, former White Sox and Orioles GM. He received the second Buck O'Neill Lifetime Achievement Award from the Baseball Hall of Fame. Roland Heeman, how you doing, Roland? Doing great. Uh, very happy about receiving that award and proud of it, but still humbled and as a matter of fact. You've been at baseball for, what, half a century or more than that? More, more than that. I started in 1951 with the Boston Braves organization before they moved on to Milwaukee, so it's my 61st season. How did you get involved in baseball? Well, I was very fortunate. I was uh, in the United States Coast Guard for four years, went down to visit a friend of mine uh, who was training with the Pittsburgh Pirates Farm System, a cousin actually, and uh, ran into a gentleman, Leo Sergeant Leo C. McMahon, who had been wounded in the First World War in France, lost his eyesight, and he used to travel to Mount Monty League ballparks and sing the national anthem and root for the home teams. And he arranged for me to meet Charlie Blasfield, the general manager of the Hartford, Connecticut Club in the Eastern League. So I was hired there as, I guess, an intern is what you'd call it today. And and uh, then he rec- Charlie Blasfield recommended me to John Mullen, who was the farm and scouting director of the Boston Braves. And there was the minor league job in their farm office. And uh, he asked me if I could type. I said, yeah, I'd learn to type in the Coast Guard. So he said, I'll give you a two-week tryout. So that's how fortunate I've been. Interesting. Now, you have a, a ring from the Milwaukee Braves when they won the World Series in 57. You have one from the 2005 White Sox. How do those rings compare? Well, they, they're all immense. And I have one from the 2001 uh, Diamondbacks uh, when they beat the New York Yankees in 2001. So I have three rings, oh, okay. uh, although I had left the Diamondbacks at, after the 2000 season, but Jerry Colangelo called me and said, you made significant contributions to our championship club, and I want you to have a ring. What do you think about these GMs nowadays with these Sabre metrics and this money ball? Do you agree with that philosophy, or do you think you have to go back to the old school ways? Well, it has some degree of merit, but you can't just work on statistics, so to speak, uh, that that. that gives you some information of what a player has done, but you need capable scouts who can project what the player will become as he matures and learns how to play the game better. So it's a team game. It's players to become winning players and not just statistical-minded, but just their benefits. So there have been some uh, dramatic mistakes made with the advent of sabermaticians and naturally you'll make mistakes in judgment of players as well sometimes, but sometimes injuries uh, run into product, pro, you know, a problem for a player who might have been destined to be great but wasn't lucky to stay healthy. What was the best trade that you ever made? Well, when we acquired Dick Allen in 1972 and he was the MVP, he was uh, very critical for the White Sox organization. At that time, it appeared that uh, the club was going to be moving, uh, they weren't drawing well, and Dick Allen created a new uh, excitement. Uh, Chuck Tanner, the manager, did an incredible job managing that ball club. Wilbur Wood pitched uh, uh, 25 times on two days rest and went about 360 innings. So he saved our bullpen and the rest of the staff. So there, there are a lot of reasons why you succeed at different times, but it takes people and players with ability and courage and desire and, and willing to do the job to help the club win. I'll tell you who's got the hardest job in baseball is Jerry Reinsdorf trying to keep Kenny Williams and Ozzie Guillen basically on the same page or coexisting without killing each other. 
uh, they're both capable in their own right. Uh, I traded for Ozzie Guillen. Uh, we traded Mama Hoyt. I remember I received a lot of criticism for that trade, but uh, our scouts, uh, Dwayne Schaefer and Jerry Krause, had uh, seen uh, Ozzie in the minor leagues, and they stood by their judgment. And they were correct. And then Ozzie became the rookie of the year, had a long career with the White Sox as a player. So that was another major trade that uh, in my career that paid off. But you, you're only as good as the scouting people who give you the information. Now, what was the worst trade that you ever made? Well, when uh, traded, uh, actually, uh, Steve Finley, Peter Harnish, and uh, and uh, I, I Kurt Schilling, uh, Harnish, and one more player, Steve Finley, uh, to Houston for Glenn Davis. And uh, we were ninth in the league in run score the year before, and we figured that Glenn Davis, uh, who had been playing in the Astrodome, which was a tough part for a power hitter, that he would do a great job at, at Camden Yards. Uh, however, uh, the, uh, he suffered a spinal accessory nerve problem. I don't know how that took place, and uh, really wasn't able to swing the bat like he had done before. I asked the doctors about it. I said, never heard of that injury. They said, well, it's usually sled- sledgehammer operators or wrestlers who get thrown into the canvas. I said, well, <laughs> why did I have to get the player? The only player with spinal accessory nerve problem. But then later on with the Diamondbacks, we reacquired Steve Finley and Kurt Schilling, and we don't win the world championship in 2001 without those two players. So sometimes you can play a role in, in finding a remedy for a bad trade that you've made. What do you think with the whole Chicago Cubs situation? I mean, who do you think should be their new GM next year? Well, that that's not for me to judge along those lines. Uh, uh, there are some prospects, naturally, in the GM field. I've been uh, very fortunate in my career that I've had uh, five young people like David Dombrowski, Tim Papora, uh, Bill Smith, uh, Doug Melvin, and, uh, and uh, Walt Jockety that broke in under me, and I'm so very proud of all five of them who became general managers in the major league. So uh, people of that cap- capability is is the type that you want, who believe in player procurement, player development, and make wise decisions. But again, they have to have good scouting staffs and good player development people. Can you see Tony La Russa coming back to the White Sox at some point in some capacity? Well, that would be mere speculation. Uh, Tony has one of the greatest careers of all time, and Bill Beck and I had great faith in him when we hired him as White Sox manager, and some people were very critical of him in the early stages of his career, and they used to upset me no end because I could feel that Tony would become a great manager if he just could provide uh, uh, enough good players for him, but that he'd find ways to win that other managers can't do, and uh, I know I was prophetic and maybe are taking bows in that direction but Tony Tony showed me those qualities when people were trying to drive him out of town that was very upsetting for me and he certainly has shown the baseball world how a great manager that he has become and a tremendous career what is your favorite moment in baseball I guess getting my first job at Hartford Connecticut (laughs) you realize that uh, you do the best you can day in and day out whatever assignment they give you uh but uh, you're saying my greatest moment in baseball? Yes. Too many great ones for me to precisely just name one. You know, as when I was a young guy in front office of the Milwaukee Braves and Hank Aaron hit a home run off Billy Muffet of the St. Louis Cardinals, the 
clinched the National League pennant, and then later we beat the New York Yankees in that 1957 World Series. That was very high, but then uh, to win a World Series, uh, the Diamondbacks made me very happy about that. I'm back with them, and now we're in a pennant race again, so you hope to have other great moments. And then when the White Sox won the World Championship in 2005, that raced very highly, and I was so proud of the job that Ken Williams and and Ozzie Guillen had done and the whole ball club and for Jerry Reinsdorf and Eddie Einhorn. We were delighted for them as well. And uh, and when we came back to Chicago and uh, uh, had the big parade and then the third game of the World Series uh, when Jeff Blum came off the bench and hit a home run and uh, my wife uh, turned to me, she said, happy birthday, lovey. And that was a great moment. I realized it was after midnight, and our children were in the ballpark, so they kept calling on my cell and said, Dad, you can win two games on your birthday. I said, oh, yeah, we'll be playing today. And then to win that game, one or nothing, and become the world's champion, that, that will rate as one of the highlights of my life. So you're never going to retire? Not at all, because I figured there are other great happy moments in, future, in the future years, and you hope to make some continued contributions. As a matter of fact, today I was speaking with uh, Adam Doughty, a young man who was an umpire in the major leagues who now works for University of Phoenix. And we spoke to young players in the Texas organization, the rookie league, and we've been going around encouraging players to take online programs so as to uh, get their education while they're playing baseball so they can be better prepared for their careers post-careers and maybe get college and high school coaching jobs because they have a college degree and also possibly remain in the game, such as uh, Tony LaRusso who got his law degree while he was manager of the White Sox, and then you can see what education has done for him. Thank you very much, Mr. Heeman. It's a pleasure talking to you. Well, it was my pleasure to be on and to give me the opportunity to pop off this morning. Thank you. (laughs) Sounds great. That was thank you. Okay, thank you. Bye. That was Roland Heeman, former White Sox Orioles GM. We had a great show today. Roland Heeman, Jim Fergosi, Caitlin. We're not going to call her the wrong last name, Elliot. Not Lever. Lever. Not Lever. Correct. Amber Amber Patton. Patton and Tammy Williams. Thanks for listening to Sports and Torts. Tune in again next week.